0: Hello, I am Jamie Future Penninger, and welcome to the Australian Cycling Insider podcast. Um, Hopefully it's already changed over to the Australian Cycling Insider podcast on your podcatcher app. If it hasn't, let me know and I can maybe do something about it. I've got no idea if I can actually do something about it, but maybe I can. Basically, this is a brief plea to please go and check out the Australian Cycling Insider um, website. And, uh, yeah, like stories, share it with people. Um, I've noticed particularly over the opening months of the site starting up that um, any shares greatly increase the reach of a story, so please get on there and enjoy the work I've been putting out over the Australian summer because it has been, you know, quite a lot of work, so it's always good to see it appreciated. Thank you for all the supportive people out there who listen to uh, the podcast with Chris Harper and thanks for everyone who's um, said nice things on the road. Um, anyway, before without any further ado, we shall jump into the uh, preview of the Herald Sun Tour. First up, we have a review of the stages with race director Scott McGroy, who takes us through each of the stages, it's provenance in the entire race. Then we'll dive into a chat with Marcus Cooley and Ryan Mew of... Uh, B grade cyclist who has also been contributing to Australian Cycling Insider recently. And then we shall jump to a few interviews which I conducted at a photo op before the Herald Sun tour with Anya Lowe of ARA Sunshine Coast Racing, um, James Whelan of EF Education First, and Jai Hindley of Team Sunweb. Um, hopefully, all of them um, ha- have some insights to share, and hopefully, you enjoy the podcast. Yeah, so I was, I was looking at the course. It, it looks uh, like an interesting one. Uh, what, what what are the main features uh, from
1: from your perspective as race director? Uh, look, okay, we it's somewhat unique. I guess it's been a long time since we've had uh, Mount Buller back in the race. Um, I think the last time we went up there was the year Stuart O'Grady won the tour, 2008, um, and it was it played such a a pivotal role in the tour during the years that I raced the held Sun Tour through the, the 80s and the 90s um, but it's also so good I think to have two of Australia's iconic cycling climbs in Mount and, and Falls Creek uh, which also makes it sound very difficult yet the other three stages are not anywhere near as challenging so it does then give us uh, I guess a an array of options for riders. You know, to win the tour sure, you have to be a really brilliant climber to make sure you get up both of those climbs to, to go for the overall contention. But it does give the opportunists, you know, several other days to to have some fun and go for opportunities. Um you know, the first stage is if if it's windy, stage one will be quite challenging and, you know, open to, to echelons and smaller groups. It should be for the sprinters, having no hills at all. But if it is cross-windy, then the sprinters will have to be on their game. They have to fight for position to make sure they are in contention at the end. Um, the second stage is up to uh, really sort of showcasing the north-east region and the Alpine district uh, from Beechworth through to Falls Creek. And they're roads that so many Australian... Cyclists have re- raced on or trained on, and if anyone that's gone to what is really a cycling mecca in the northeast and the Alpine region of Victoria, they'll be used to that those particular roads uh, via Stanley, Deterang, um, and then you know Toong to to Mount Beauty and then up up to Falls Creek. Just such a popular cycling region, um, you know. And look, Falls Creek itself is very long, but it's not a brutal climb. Um, that, uh, but certainly you know, one that that uh, you know you have to be in good form at that time of the year if you want to to keep yourself in contention for the overall classification. Third stage, it's really the jewel of the crown of the northeast region. Bright is such a popular destination for anyone that rides bikes of any shape um, or, or, or discipline, whether it's off road or on road or rail trail. You know, um, elite road racing to your families to your dirt riders, to the motorbike mecca riders and the four-wheel drivers. It's just such a, an outdoor mecca, the, the town and the area around Bright. So I'm really happy that we can bring the race to Bright uh, this year and, and showcase such a, a beautiful town and, and beautiful region. Um, it, it's actually... what I'm really waiting to see. This is the stage that we built that could throw up anything because they go over Toonga Gap early and, which is still a long way from the finish. It is the longest stage of the Tour, so it's still a long way to go. So any sprinters that may get um, dropped over Tuonga Gap have plenty of time to get back in contention, but then they also have Rose White Gap, which is not a difficult hill, but it'll just make it harder for them to get back on. But from there to the finish is pretty much flat all the way through into Wangaratta. So it should be enough time for the sprinters to be there to contest the sp- the finish. But if any of the climbers or any teams really want to light it up right from Tonga Gap and keep the pressure on, then it may be that a breakaway group could stay all the way to the finish. So it, it's really a bit of an unknown stage, which, you know, I like that. I don't want it to be too predictable. You, you give the sprinters what they really deserve. So the first stage, the last stage are, are pretty much guaranteed sprint stages. Um, obviously, your two hilltop finishes, Likewise for the climbers, but this is the stage that could go either way. So we're really looking forward to seeing how it plays out, whether it is a bunch sprint or whether it's a stage for the opportunists um, going for it in a breakaway group. Um, the next stage is the second hilltop from Mansfield, you know, home of obviously of, of Simon Gerrans um, and the region that Phil Anderson spent so much time when he used to come back to Australia when he was racing as a pro. Uh, two circuits to start with up the Mansfield-Whitfield Road, which is a stretch of tarmac that I rode many years ago for the first time on a charity ride. And I personally was blown away by just how picturesque and lovely that stretch of road from Mansfield up to uh, to um, Ptolemy is on the Whitfield Road. Really beautiful. We do that twice. It also has a descent. We'll go down the, the descent of the old Tolmy Road Twice, and the pellets on with how steep and straight it is will hit over 100 kilometres per hour for sure. So it won't be for the faint-hearted. <laughs> it's still a fair way from the finish, and of course Mount Puller, but it certainly um, will be an exciting dash down Old Tommy Road for uh, for anybody that likes to go as fast as they possibly can, and the opportunity will be there to really hit clock over 100 k's an hour easily. Um, then on the way to Mount Buller. Mount, Mount Buller, as I said, it's featured in past editions of the Herald Sun Tour so often, so it's great to to bring the race back to Buller, an iconic Australian climb. You know, roughly 16 kilometres, really nice gradient. Again, if you're feeling good, it's a beautiful climb to ride. Um, and yeah, just I think a, a great way to finish off that Saturday stage. Um, you know, the, the winner to the top may not be the overall classification winner but you're going to have to be very close to whoever wins the stage, uh, I, I think, to to go away with the overall victory. You know, it should be decided on the slopes of Mount Buller. Um, so I think giving two hilltop uh, finishes on such iconic Australian climbs really does, you know, I guess set uh, set the race apart from some of the other races that we have in the summer of cycling. So, um, so I'm really excited about that. Then back, back to Melbourne, as, as the Sun Tour traditionally does, comes back into the... Uh, the heart of the city as we did last year around the Botanic Gardens, which um, is for the sprinters, but it's not necessarily the purest of sprinters that can come away with this one. You know, as we saw last year, uh, Team Sky really did muscle their way on the final lap up over Anderson Street, which we saw at the Commonwealth Games in 2006. That was the feature hill of the Com Games. Um, so again, second year on for us, you really have to be a fully committed and strong sprinter to fight for position coming into the last couple of corners if you want to be in contention for the sprint. Um, so I think it's an exciting way to finish things off right in the heart of town.
0: And the other uh, like big feature you, you mentioned with Mount Buller and the fact that um, a mountaintop is likely mountaintop finish is likely going to decide the race. Um, what are your what are your memories of racing Mount Buller and um, are we gonna <laughs> are we gonna see like that bound Chavez sort of moment from? Uh, uh, I think it was two years ago now.
1: Yeah, look I, I, look, I think so. It's From from the pure climbers, it's always a bit of a challenge to see who has the form early on in the season. But for most of the, the World Tour riders in particular, they'll have had the Tour Down Under plus Cadell Evans' race in their league. So they'll have, you know, by their standards, they'll have still very good form coming into it. Uh, so we're we'll just we're waiting to to get confirmation as to which of the climbers the pure climbers will be coming out um, for the Australian summer um, to see which ones will we'll be contesting it and fighting it out on the slopes of Mount Buller. For me, I was never a pure climber. I did finish third in the overall classification of the Herald Sun Tour in, in one edition, so top ten twice and, and on the podium once that year. We went up Mount Hotham, so I I was able to drag. Uh, my specialist track body up there well enough to finish third overall. So I was pretty chuffed about that. Um, Buller, I've got a bit of a mixed love affair with. Um, I've had some okay rides up there and I've had some pretty nasty ones. But that's that's the nature of non-pure climbers. You know, When you're really on great form, then you can hang in longer than people expect. And if your form's not that good, then you're straight at the back. The pure climbers are the ones that uh, can have a bad day and still be there. If you're not a pure climber and you're having a bad day, then you're going to be minutes behind. Um, it's quite an enjoyable climb. It's a it is a climb that you can get into a great rhythm. It's such an even gradient all the way up until just before you hit the village where it steepens up, which is a great place to. It's an opportunity for for guys to do those final attacks if it's still together. Um, but it's such an even gradient all the way up and once you get up into the tree line and into the zigzag areas of the switchbacks towards the top it really is pretty not that the riders will be noticing but it really is if you can sit back and have a bit of a look around um, it's just a beautiful mountain and a beautiful stretch of road so um, yeah I know from a media perspective the, the picture's uh, the photos and, and videos that will come back from Mount Buller will be really exciting. I'm looking forward to seeing those. Um, you yeah, know, and look, it's just great to get into the Alpine region and, and really have some big climbs, which which kind of, you know, they are very similar. Like, we don't think of Australia, the Europeans don't think of Australia as being a mountainous country, but, you know, 33 k's or whatever it is for Falls Creek and, and 16 kilometres for, for Mount Buller. They're not brutally steep, but they are long hills. You can really cause a lot of damage on, on climbs that distance. So, you know, I think it's great for an event like ours to be able to feature two big hilltop finishes um, so early in the season.
0: So a bit of a warning to those coming from overseas to bring your climbing legs with you.
1: Bring the the light wheels and the climbing legs. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs>
0: now we'll jump into a look at the contenders x-factors and sprinters for the draco herald sun tour and joining me is a newly minted australian cycling insider contributor who's done a very very good interview with chris miller and has uh, some interesting pieces on a wide variety of topics coming out um go check him out at australiancyclinginsider.com um joining us now is ryan mew ryan thanks for joining us on the podcast it's a pleasure to be here, Jamie. I must say, I've been incredibly impressed with the um, early efforts that you've put into the site. Um, I must say, back when I was first starting out in journalism, I was nowhere near as good as you. But then again, you've had um, quite a bit of practice with your own site, uh, B Grade Cyclist. Uh, can you tell us a bit more about that?
2: Uh, yeah, it's just a blog that I started about a year ago to uh, start writing about cycling in the local area where I live in Sydney. So... Just a way for me to get started with writing and blogging, and now here I am contributing to Australian Cycling Insider. So it's a pleasure
0: to finally be on the podcast as well. Uh, well, yeah, introduce you, us uh, well you to our listeners. That's the that's part of the point of this, and uh, of course we have regular Australian Cycling Insider slash Breakdown Podcast contributor. It's Marcus Cooley, uh, Marcus. I think congratulations are uh, probably in order after your Australian Nationals performance. Um, I imagine all the breakdown listeners back at home were cheering you on.
3: Uh, yeah, thanks. Uh, great to be back. Um, yeah, I'm uh, now uh, the, the guy who was on the podium at Nationals instead of the guy who was at Three Peaks. So, moving up in the world.
0: I'm, I must say the the guy at Three, three Peaks is uh, quite a um, accolade in some concerns. I was, I've written articles about Ben Dyble winning World uh, Asian Tour races like. Um, at carry and that sort of stuff and they and they three peaks people will comment on it saying, Hey, this is the guy who beat me at three peaks.
3: Yeah, people are still more interested in whether or not he will come back and go sub seven hours than what racing he's gonna be doing this year, so I don't think he will be back, but we'll see.
0: He's probably got bigger fish to fry on the world tour, you'd say?
3: Uh three peaks is pretty important.
0: <laughs> All good. Um anyway, we're here to uh chat about a number of things but First of all, we should talk about the uh, Nationals performance, which is actually the best-performing article so far on Australian Cycling Insider, um, breaking down Marcus Cooley's power file, um, which he very kindly provided to us, um, and we went through it with Pat Shaw having a look at the details of that. Very interesting reading, if you get a chance. Uh, but it was mostly thanks to the fact that Team Sapura shared the post that we um, got a lot of views. But um, Marcus, it was uh, quite a remarkable writer's Pat. Break, broke down in that piece, um, it was just such a consistent ride throughout, you main, managed to maintain um, your power levels pretty much throughout that ride.
3: Yeah, bike riding's easier if you don't get tired, so I thought I'd just try and sustain a pace all day, but yeah, maybe you should get a Malaysian sponsor now you're getting coverage over there. I must say, it's not a bad idea, I mean, there's the money over there, isn't there? There's lots of oil, so if um, you're happy to sell yourself for that, then no problem. <laughs>
0: well, you know, where for this money? (laughs) Um, anyway, so yeah, you came, you came, um, you came third there and I must say that that final push, um, to get third when it looked like you were essentially out of the race and, you know, all the world tour guys were, um, surging off the front and looking like they'd try and, um, steal a medal off you after your performance all day. I mean, you had to no doubt dig really deep for that.
3: Yeah, definitely. I was cramping quite a lot towards the last couple of laps and, um, yeah, I think they just didn't think I was going to get everywhere, anywhere every time I went. So um, fortunately I ended up going at the right time and I think it sort of worked out that whoever was going to chase me down would have not ended up on the podium themselves and no one was ready to commit to that. So it worked out for me.
0: And uh, talk us through your one-legged attack there um, towards the end. Don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> um, Ryan, um, watch watching the race, um, it it is always a good race, put it that way.
2: Yeah, absolutely. That was actually my first Nationals and uh, I had a great time watching from the side of the road on Mount Buninyong and taking in all that atmosphere. Um, what was impressive about Marcus's ride was when uh, two of the domestic riders bridged across to that breakaway and they got popped within a couple of laps of joining. But Marcus just
0: and, and his breakaway companions just kept plugging away and plugging away and that was just amazing. Yeah, worth mentioning, his breakaway companion was World Tour rider Nick Schultz, who then got popped later as well when um, when the heat really went on. So I, I think fair to say that everyone was very impressed with Marcus' ride that day. You then went on to the New Zealand Cycle Classic, uh, Marcus, and then found uh, going a bit tougher when you, you're marked constantly uh, by most of the bunch. But it looks like you got off to the front quite a few times there um, during the race.
3: Yeah, I was hoping to ride a good GC, but, you know... Um Things can of always go your way in bike racing, and that's what that's great about it. But um, yeah, once I realised that wasn't going to work out, I just rode for the, the most aggressive jersey, which is the second most prestigious jersey in the New Zealand Peloton after the yellows, so that worked out all right.
0: And Riley Field did a great ride there to um, slip away on the Queen stage and then just
3: stay out the front, essentially up
0: Admiral Hill, which is no, uh, no easy feat when the Peloton's gunning hard behind you.
3: Yeah, that was an awesome ride. Full credit to him for that. He thoroughly deserved that win. I'm I'm glad he hung on for the overall. He was definitely one of the strongest guys in the race, and he yeah, really deserved that. So I'm, I'm happy for him. Hope he can uh,
0: keep uh, building on that throughout the year. Yeah, the race director actually commented and said that was one of the most impressive rides he's ever seen up Admiral Hill. So full credit to Riley, um, friend of the podcast. So, yes, um, good luck to him. And he's uh, racing over in Langkawi where you were... Uh, last year though different time of the year obviously last year anyway we're here to talk about Harold's son, and we've had we, you've probably heard uh, Scott McGrory go through the stages at this point um so we'll just talk about the contenders um basically there's one grand tour winner here um and his name is Simon Yates i don't think there's too much more to talk about there he's looking pretty good at the moment in tour down under and Cadell's and he's surely the class climber here Ryan.
2: Yeah, absolutely. As you know, winner of the Volta Espana, he was very close to winning the Giro, and uh, I saw him on TV uh, attacking late on, in Cadell's race on Sunday, and he looked like he had really good legs. So I, I
0: do expect him to... I think he's going to win this race. Uh, I do too. Um, worth mentioning that in Cadell's, if he did manage to stay with that move, then Daryl Impey's probably the Cadell Road Race champion, as he would have... Um, had a teammate to help him bring the, back those two escape riders there at the end. Um, Marcus, I mean, I, I don't don't need you to divulge any tactics, but is there is there a way of beating Simon Yates in this race? Oh, I suppose you could get a puncher. Huh? Fair enough. <laughs> um, I mean, bad luck aside, though. I mean, can, can uh, I mean the two climbs um, of Falls Creek and Mount Buller are going to make it very hard to gain enough time or for anyone else to overcome Simon Yates? You think?
3: Yeah, I mean, there's a few guys in the race that could probably mount a decent challenge. Um, but, yeah, it's pretty early in the year still, so you don't know where everyone's at. He seems to be going uh, rather well. But, um, yeah, there's a couple guys on um, the other three World Tour teams as well that could um, could uh, mount a bit of a challenge at him as well. And then, yeah, probably a couple of guys flying under the radar a bit from the, the Continental teams that could also um, have good rides. Um, yeah, speaking of that, uh, Teen Somewhere being three
0: Australian climbers to the race in uh, Michael Storer, Rob Power and Jai Hindley. I think Jai's probably their leader for this race. Um, the longer climbs should suit him quite well. Um, I presume that's who you're looking at, Marcus, when you um, mentioned the other World Tour riders?
3: Yeah, um, Hindley, Power, um, Piccoli, and then um, there is uh, Nielsen Palace and um, uh, James Whelan as well probably will be the main guys. Interesting you mentioned James Whelan he's
0: been training out at Falls Creek apparently last few weeks so he's been giving himself um, every chance of doing well there and it's his first race of the season we haven't seen him yet and um, I spoke to him briefly at the photo op today and you'll hear his comments later um, but basically he's looking to take good form later into the season rather than being peaking in January but Nonetheless, he should be in relatively decent form. I hear he's changed up his trainer from last year, so uh, might give this race a shake. Um, Ryan, were there any other particular names that uh, jumped out from uh, for, y- for you there? I'd
2: expect some of the guys from Team Bridgelane to put up a, a good fight. I'm not sure how they would go against the World Tour level, uh, and they've had a long summer already, uh, but guys like Nick White and uh, Sam Jenner, uh, you can never write off... Ben Hill as well who's uh, come back to Australia. They'll definitely be
0: aggressive and try to take the fight to Mitchell and Scott and the other World Tour teams. Uh, yeah, first uh, race for the Hill brothers in the same color I think. Um I had some heard somebody comment the other day that um, which jersey are they going to win? Maybe they'll have to split them split the uh, sprinters and climbers jersey between them. Um we'll see how that goes anyway. Um no uh, from Bridgeline, you bring up a good point. Um I think Kay's uh, Do- Doverstein Doverstein okay. Marcus, you're going to have to help us with the pronunciation here.
3: I cannot help you with the pronunciation. But, yeah, Keese, um yeah, he's a, he's a good rider. He, he seems to be the on-form rider from uh, Bridge Lane at the moment. So um, he'll probably be their guy for for the GC. Yeah, I don't
0: know a great deal about him, apart from the fact that he's been cleaning up in New Zealand and he's still quite young and clearly a very good climber. So um, he should be one to watch. Out of the other local teams, I don't know exactly what to think. Ryan Kavanaugh, maybe your old teammate, give it a give it a bit of a nudge if he can get into a break or something.
3: Uh yeah, I'm not sure he's had the, the the perfect preparation leading into this um race, but he is always enjoying himself.
0: He turned up a bit late to the photo op as well, which um seems to fit in with St George Continental's philosophy of um engaging with the media, um to largely be absent. So um, that um, seems to sum up them. Just looking at some other names I circled. Avolo, um, the American team coming over here. I spoke with John O'Culter, of course, um, their Australian uh, DS. Uh, and he said uh, some of these guys are going to fly under the radar. I mean, they've got some very good young riders there who've uh, placed at races like Tour of the um and done well over there. Uh, Local teams like Nero Continental, hopefully they do well. We've got like Jesse Coyle, Ben Carman, Jay Vine. None of of these guys are really GC candidates. And also we will be interesting to see how they go is the Black Spoke Pro Cycling team, the new venture from New Zealand. Um, Marcus, you've seen them up close. Is Simon Perry's money um, going to be a good venture now and into the future?
3: They've certainly got a good setup with uh, no expense spared. Um they yeah, seem they were all working well together in um in New Zealand, so um yeah, I'd be interested to see how they go. I'm not sure if they've got someone who can properly challenge for the G C but I would expect them to feature in in uh in the breakaways and maybe try and get up there for a sprint or two.
0: Um, speaking of sprint or two and we've got some sprinters on the um on the list. It looks like Ken Groves uh, Abote, Dionese, I think Max Cantor can sprint as well. Uh, those are the names we're going to be looking at. Maybe one or two more, Run. What's your thoughts on the sprint uh, potential sprint stages?
2: Yeah, I think Caden Groves is definitely the man to beat out of those sprinters. I'd also be keeping an eye on Moreno-Hofflin from EF Pro Cycling. He's got a decent kick on him. Uh, but I definitely think Caden Groves is, with the P- Mitchelton-Scott team, in front of him, leading him out, will be very difficult to out-sprint.
0: Yeah, and there's uh, James Whelan, we'll tell you later. Uh, Moreno Hoffman is apparently moving fairly well and uh, doing quite well at the training camps um, over the European winter um, in Spain. Marcus, is there anyone who catches your eyes, possibly an X-factor, either in the sprints or just uh, generally?
3: No, I don't don't think so. For the sprints, we sort of... um sort of covered that. I mean, like the Israel have got a, a decent spit printer and Mikhail Raim as well. Um but otherwise, I'm uh with Bridge Lane losing a uh, Jensen. Um just over the weekend, I think uh there won't be the the strongest competition.
0: Yeah, get well Jensen. He's uh out of surgery um from the looks of his uh social media and um yeah, hopefully he recovers fairly well cuz he's an absolute weapon on the bike at the moment. I think that about wraps it up for the men, um, but we'll move on to the women now. And again, we've got an outright favourite with Lucy Kennedy from Mitchelton Scott, the defending champion. It's, again, a question of who is going to match it with her. We have the former Australian National Road Race champion, Sarah Gigante, and current time trial champion, of course. Um, she'll go very well up the climbs, as will Justine Barrow. Uh, Jenna Merrick is one that you might not have heard of, a New Zealand, young New Zealander who... Um, Won the young youth classification here at the Herald Sun Tour last year, and she's going to get better and better, so I wouldn't be surprised to see her go well. Apart from that, um, I don't know if any of you guys have picked out any names that look interesting there on the start list. Uh, Jamie Jamie Gunning um, is a young rider who should go quite well also, um, I'd be surprised if she can really, ma- I mean, I'd be very surprised yeah. if anyone can match it with Lucy Kennedy, but I'd be surprised if Jamie is on the podium, but she's certainly got the quality to mix it up in the young rider category and hopefully she does well for her specialised team, I'd say there.
2: Uh, I'd be looking out at the the Real Estate Australia team. They're bringing a couple of new world tour riders in Jess Pratt and Josie Talbot. Uh, and Jess Pratt in particular, who, as you probably know, has made it to the World Tour through the Zwift Cycling Academy program. It'll be really good to see how those legs uh, have lasted through what's been a pretty long summer for her. Uh, but I think she goes in as a team leader and uh, it'll be interesting to see how she goes against Mitch and Scott.
0: Yeah, um, she's a... Uh a diminutive sort of rider who looks like a climber, and she's certainly not bad at climbing, but she's actually very good on the flat as well. I mean, I don't think she's good enough to mix it up in the sprints, but I think the one to be watching the sprints is Ruby Roseman-Gannon who is riding for the ARA Pro Racing Sunshine Coast team. But yeah, she, she'll be the one, she's actually the favourite going in, which is going to be an interesting one from a, a domestic team. Apart from that, it should be great racing. I'm looking forward to watching both the men's and the women's races and hopefully uh, see you guys out there on the on the roads. Um, any last words uh, from you, Ryan, on this your first podcast appearance? Well,
2: thanks for having me on the podcast, and it's a pleasure to be here. I'm looking forward to watching the racing all weekend.
0: And uh, Marcus, um, obviously the folks at home will want to know how many stages you're going to win uh, at this Herald Sun tour.
3: Oh, I'd be pretty happy just just to get one, but yeah, we'll we'll see how we go on um on the, the stage two climb and then um if we can get up the road later in the tour maybe.
0: Well, thanks for your time both of you. Um we'll now move on to interviews with In Succession, Anya Lowe of ARA Pro Racing Sunshine Coast, James Whelan of If Education First, and Joy Hinley of Team Sunweb. So Anya of ARA Pro Racing Sunshine Coast, um, coming into this race, I mean obviously the Shepparton stage is going to be a big focus for your team with Ruby Roseman ganning going so well at the moment.
4: Yep, I think it's been the last four bunch kicks that we've had, Chloe's beaten her by about a tyre width each time, so we want to come in t- you know, into that race, we've got a lot of com- confidence and the team is just going to try and support her as best. As we can.
0: Um, what, what's the feeling amongst the team at the moment? Um, obviously, a lot of you were present in the quarter month national team um, at the Cadells race. How's uh, how's the feeling within the bunch?
4: Um, yeah, I think we've all progressed heaps um, with our bunch skills and just riding together as a team um, through this summer of cycling alone. So, again, I think you know we've ridden with each other as a team this whole summer. So. We're all going to be trying to support Ruby and riding well together.
0: Well, she's going to be going in as the favourite tomorrow without Chloe Hosking there. Um, how, how do you think you're going to deal with uh, leading her out for the sprint train um, and you know and going against a bunch of UCI Continental teams?
4: Yeah, I know it's going to be tough. It's not going to be an easy task, but you know we've we've had the practice and we're going to try and you know, make it challenging for the other teams for sure and just set her up in those final final kilometres for a good sprint.
0: And personally, um, how's your experience with the Australian summer been? Um, obviously there was that nasty crash at the end of Cadell's there, where were, were you in a position to see that and you know, how's the overall summer been for you?
4: Yeah, so that crash was horrendous, probably the worst crash I've ever seen in a cycling race that I've been part of. Um, Unfortunately, I came down, but I'm very lucky. I got a couple of bruises and just a bit battered up. But, you know, there were girls laying there, not looking very good at all. And I think eight went to hospital. So, you know, our team's very lucky to not really be impacted by that too much.
0: And uh, the the total summer experience for you, how's, how's it been?
4: yeah it's been great every time that you know a young rider like myself and ruby and the rest of our team get to race against these uci world and continental teams it's just a huge experience um you know we learn so much from these races and i'm very grateful for the opportunity
0: um we saw you in your junior years battling it out with uh, sarah gigante and uh, (laughs) these days she's ascending to you know stratospheric heights it almost seems um that she keeps on taking that next step yeah Um, yep in your own personal experience i mean Of her as a racer, you, you know, obviously, um, I think she's spoken in the past about the the joy and the battles she's had with you in the past.
4: Yeah, for sure. I mean, we were neck and neck since under-13s, you know, right through juniors, through under-19s. We went to junior worlds together, and I think we were, like... Three seconds separated us in the time trial there as well, but obviously she's taken that next step where I've been lagging a bit behind, and you know she she deserves everything she's getting, and she's a really classy rider. You can't take anything away from her. She's yeah,
0: no. awesome. I didn't, didn't mean to cast any questions. <laughs> no, no, you, no, of no. course. I mean we, we all develop at our own speed. <laughs> so I'm good. But um, yeah, now and now racing with ARA uh, Pro Racing Sunshine Coast, it's um, there seems to be a, a massive expansion of that team uh, this year in the women's well, on yeah. the women's side of things at least.
4: So last year it was just the. Um, so, Australian Cycling Track Academy um, girls, so the ACAD girls that are actually formed into a road team as well, but this year we've, they've added a few roadies. So I think we've got seven of us in total this year. So we've got a proper you know, team that can tackle few of the NRS and there might be also some opportunity for racing overseas too so it's a great program up there on the Sunshine Coast.
0: Are you heading up to the Sunshine Coast?
4: Yeah yeah I'll be moving in in about a week after Herald Sun Tour so yeah start uni up there for 2020 should be good.
0: (laughs) Okay Uh, well best
4: of luck with that and catch you around. Thank you so much.
5: the uh, team's goals for this week. You've got you, have got Nielsen Powell yeah, yeah. for GC, June V, and then moreno Hoffman as yeah, well Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, so we've got Moreno who's coming in fresh. He's coming in some good form. He's, he's done a few of the training camps in Spain and he came down to Australia last week. I was training with him and he's moving pretty well. Um, and, yeah, we've got Nielsen as well who's uh, absorbing the form from the Australian racing. And then, uh, yeah, we've got a pretty good uh, pretty good lead out, so we'll be going pretty full for Moreno, I think. We've seen a lot from um, Jonas Rich as well. Yeah, absolutely. He's, he's strong, really, so far, really, really, really strong. strong. Yeah, he's a big lad. Um, but yeah, he's got some serious power. Um, we saw that on Sunday. Uh, I mean, he was going up Trelambo pretty well, and he's a pretty big rig. Re-. But um, yeah, he's, uh, yeah, he's a really nice guy. And uh, yeah, with Mitch as well. And uh, yeah, it should be a, a good, a good crew. We asked yeah. Jay just now, but Simon Yates, obviously the star name I guess here. Yeah, of course. Yeah, there's some good names here. Um, absolutely. I spent some time up in Falls Creek, so uh, got to spend some time on the climb there and learn the roads pretty well. Um, so I know every corner now. Oh yeah. So hopefully I, yeah, yeah. so I can feed that. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully I can use that to my advantage and feed it off to Nielsen. But um, yeah, it'll be interesting. Um, yeah, I'm glad the race is still going through with. Uh, with the weather and everything, and the yeah. fires, so it's uh, it's good. Yeah. And, and just Mount Buller, do you know that at all? Yeah, I've done, done that twice. Okay. Um, as part of the VRS races. Okay. Um, finished second twice, actually. So, hopefully, hopefully, yeah, <laughs> that are done lucky. But yeah, that's a good one as well. I think that'll be just as decisive as the Falls Creek. Falls Creek is still really fast. Um, obviously, the first half is pretty rolly and you get a pretty considerable tailwind most of the time. But that back half is a pretty steady 10K. Um, but yeah, and also the temperature as well. I think it'll still be hot. 34, I think we're looking at the bright, um, which on those roads is like 37, 38. So yeah. Nice <laughs> Thank you very much. Yeah, just written in a race preview that you guys have got one of the strongest teams here, I think, with uh, three looks like three climbers and uh, yeah, three guys maybe for the, the sprint team. you come here with sort of mixed mixed hopes to win overall and uh, go for Stager Institute.
6: Yeah, so, yeah, I mean, it's a pretty young team, but uh, yeah, we're just coming off like pretty solid block of TDU and uh, Cadell's race, so yeah, I think I think all the guys should be traveling pretty well and yeah, I think me and Rob will be trying to rip it up on the climbs and we've also got uh, Max Cantor and Alberto Dionese for the sprint so it's pretty light mixed bag.
5: So it'd be one of those two, probably for the sprints. So yeah, the yeah, I'd
0: say so, yeah. How do you feel your form's going at the moment? Um, obviously, you had a bit of a time to test out your legs.
6: Yeah, I'm uh, yeah, actually feeling pretty good, but um, yeah, I just made like a few tactical errors over the past uh, past few days racing, which, yeah, it's all part of it, I guess, all part of the process. So hopefully you can uh, learn from the mistakes and rip it up here.
0: Was there anything in particular that stands out to you Maybe that you have to work on, like positioning or going with the right moves, or whatever. what was it? Ah, uh,
6: yeah, I think like in Cadells we sort of just missed the the final group there, which is a bit of, a bit disappointing. But yeah, it's just it's just tactical things on the day, I think.
0: Uh, Falls Creek and Mount Buller, uh, what's looking to be uh, the more decisive of the two climbs for from your point of view?
6: Ah, uh, well yeah, I've never actually done Buller, so I can only speak for Falls Creek, but yeah, I think it's super decisive day and really early on in the tour, so uh, I think it should be should be a really good race, actually, like pretty aggressive racing and hard stages, so looking forward to
2: it. And you know, Falls Creek from training? or?
6: Uh, yeah, actually uh, I raced it once in 2017 the last time I did the race, and uh, yeah, just from training as well, so done a Done some training camps in the Bry area and it's okay. yeah, really nice.
0: Yeah.
6: Um, and
0: it's going to take something pretty special to beat Simon Yates here, you'd, you'd suggest? Um, do Team Subway have what it takes to mix it up and maybe cause an upset?
6: Yeah, I hope so. I mean, we're definitely definitely going to put it out there on the road, so see what we can do in the next few days.
3: Okay. Awesome. Cheers, Jeff. Thanks for that.
0: And that should just about do it for for now. Uh, thanks for joining us, and we shall see you soon. Okay, bye.